0: What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Responsibly Unhinged podcast. I am recording a solo episode for the first time in a while. Feels weird, but I'm excited. And this one just makes sense to be solo. Um, Also something a little bit different, recording this down in one of the cubicles of my apartment complex. We have like a business center down here. And I usually do this up in wherever I live because I have guests and whatnot, but also um, we've been having some Wi-Fi issues. So I wanted to make sure it was stable down here. Um, But what makes this weird, other than the fact that anyone walking by can probably like hear me through the door depending how loud I am. um, But I wanted to have good lighting to try to record this on my cell phone. Let's pray that I have enough space um, so I can make some reels. Um, But the lighting is so harsh down in this room that I basically, had to use this, I'm using a ring light right now for the video, but without turning off the actual overhead lights in the cubicle, it just was washing me out, super weird. So um, this hopefully looks fine, um, but also just anyone that walks by, I'm just like in here talking in the dark with this creepy spotlight and uh, it's weird. (laughs) Um, But I just wanna go ahead and jump into it. I have no idea how long this episode is gonna be in my brain. It's a short episode, but we'll see how long I talk on each topic. I had this idea as my birthday was approaching. Um, For those of you who don't know, I just celebrated my 32nd birthday uh, last weekend, I guess it would have been. Um, I'm really bad at time. Honestly, it's been a little over a week, uh, but I turned 32 on September 9th. So I have been wanting to do a solo podcast and kind of talk about that. Like I wanted to talk about this last year because... The time frame between turning thirty one last year and turning thirty two this year, so much shit has happened. Like I have went through so many changes. I've made so many changes in my life, in my career, in relationships, in my perception of myself, in my passions, And just in really finding like my own authentic voice and finding what brings me joy in life and coming to terms with a lot of ways that I thought my life would go not happening and accepting in kind of like an entirely new path. And so I really wanted to take some time to reflect in like my journaling sessions on what this last year has looked like, what I've learned, uh, the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, uh, the hilarious and the painful. So I basically have been putting together this note over the last couple of weeks of like 32 things I wanted to compile that I learned before I turned 32, just specifically in this last year. Um, my intention initially was to do this like last week, um, or like right before I left for my birthday trip. And then I was going to, I went to Denver with my friends, um, uh, by the way, but I was going to have this come out like the week of my birthday. Like basically it would come out like three days later. Um, It didn't happen, obviously, but in hindsight, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen because I'm actually kind of in a weird mental headspace right now, um, which seems like that would be a time I wouldn't want to record. But honestly, um, I think this is really cathartic for me to kind of look at my growth because I'm having a lot of feelings of like, stagnancy and disappointment come up over the last week or so. Um a lot of this set in actually while I was on my trip, which is kind of a bummer. Um I had an absolutely amazing time. Um but there were definitely a few like triggers during that trip that put me in a weird headspace and I'm also kind of realizing that this time last year was the start like literally the week leading up to my birthday was the start of a very very dark time for me um and I've spoke openly about this on the podcast I've spoke openly about this on social media like last fall and winter and the fall and winter before that honestly I do have a little bit of seasonal depression but like this was way prior to like weather changes and those things happening um it was just like the events that were happening in my life right around my birthday for the last two years have been really tough. Um, And this year things were going really well, honestly, around my birthday in most aspects of my life. But I still have like kind of that mental awareness or like maybe a fear of like, oh, when's that shoe going to drop is kind of how I've been feeling, I think. And it's been tough. Um, I started having some things like come up for me while I was in Denver, like I said, and then since I've been back, I just really haven't been able to get out of this headspace. I am noticing that I'm handling things like a little healthier than I have in the past. Like, and I'm actually really grateful because my friend and roommate, Justine, she's been on the podcast before, um, recently had me as a guest on her podcast. Um, we're going to have to re-record the episode. Unfortunately, we lost the recording. Um, but we, she wanted to have me come on and talk specifically about like my CPTSD diagnosis and things like that. And it actually brought a lot of awareness to maybe what's been going on with me. I've been having like a lot of physical and mental shifts the last like week and a half and been feeling just really out of my body, really uneasy in my mind. Um, sleep's been struggling for me again. Like just a lot of these things that I was starting to kind of panic about what is going on with me, like health wise or what the fuck. Right. And, um, honestly, having that conversation with her and talking so much about like symptoms and triggers and treatments with my CPTSD diagnosis, I realized that I have just been kind of re-triggered and I'm just kind of falling back into essentially one of those episodes for lack of better word. Um, And that's scary, but it's also really nice to see the way I'm like handling that. And like the support system that I have now versus then, um, as far as like in proximity to me I've always had a really strong support system all over the place but um here in Austin like I have a lot more things to like keep me stable and busy and um yeah I just I don't know all that to say I just kind of have developed a little bit of better awareness around what's been going on in my brain and how to move forward from it so I've been back into kind of like working on my routines and like the silly little mental health stuff that actually works even though it's annoying that it works like walking more and exercise and, you know, just what I'm eating and when I'm going to bed or waking up, which it can only control so much with comedy. Um, but also even just like journaling in the morning, getting some sunlight when I wake up, like things like that. Um, I was able to be okay, let's try some of these things because I'm recognizing what's happening mentally. Right. So, um, all that to say, basically I put together this list, um, because of that reflection of like how dark that time period was and then kind of the journey I went on over those months and then into like where yes, the first half of 31 to 32 felt really dark and hopeless and scary. The whole second half has felt really incredible. And like, I'm really finding my place in my path and myself and like being just more authentically me than I've ever been. And I'm super excited about that. So that journey was full of lessons and different things that I have come to accept and learn. And I just wanted to share those with you guys. So, uh, over the last year, like I said, I learned a lot, but I tried to narrow it down to 32 things. I'm sure I left some things out. I'm sure some of these are stupid. Um, but I tried to weave in some that are like, pretty serious and some that are like kind of humorous, silly things just about aging. Um, But mostly this is a more serious one. And I just want to take each one of these things and share the lesson and then give maybe a little spiel about it um, or like how I got there or why I'm feeling that way. Um, Some of them may be short little spiels and some maybe long because it's your girl, Kylie, cannot shut the fuck up. Um, Let's get into it, I guess. We'll just dive right in. So The first thing I wrote down, which I think is definitely the most important place to start, especially with what I've been dealing with lately, is life's timeline looks different for everyone, and that's okay. What I mean by this is where you're at right now is fine, regardless of where other people your age are at. This is something I struggled with for a really long time, particularly because of like my upbringing and the town I was raised in, the family patterns I had as far as like marriage and career and what that looks like and when that should happen. I'm from a town where in a family where people marry very young or have kids very young or they find their like lifelong career and like their early to maybe mid-20s and then they don't ever waver from that. My journey has looked very, very different and that is okay. And it's okay if yours has looked different, but it's also normal if that still gets in your head a little bit. Like I have been really struggling with the fact that I feel happier and more fulfilled in my life right now. Overall, of course, there are definitely some things I would love to change and improve. Um, But overall, my level of happiness is much higher than it's been over the last several years even though i don't have some of these staple things that i thought i should quote unquote should have by 32 like there is a younger version of me that definitely thought that i would be married have a house um be like a teacher, just be in a stable job, have like a savings and, you know, be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want by this age, like 32 felt so old. And now I'm realizing like 32 just feels like someone accidentally gave me adulthood. Like I'm still a giant child inside this 32 year old body. And I'm actually coming to peace with that and understanding that like just because someone else's life looks one way at one age doesn't mean that yours needs to look that way. Um, there are tons of like successful people out there who weren't finding their dream path or their dream partner or any of those things until much later in life. And for some people it happens like crazy early in life. And none of those things are wrong. Um, it's just different and learning to be at peace with that is something that is an ongoing journey for me, but also, something that's definitely come to light this year as I've found like more happiness and fulfillment in my personal life. Uh, the second one is heavy on this. People will not only show you who they are. They will also tell you, you just have to listen. This one I could go off on 1 million different rants about, but I primarily mean this in terms of dating, but it's, honestly applicable to all areas of life like everything like people always talk about like oh they'll show you who they are eventually like actions speak louder than words and that's absolutely true but I do think this last year I've found value in actually listening and accepting what we're hearing instead of assuming it's an excuse I do believe a lot of people speak like untruthfully to how they're feeling I do believe some people like blow smoke up your ass and then actually are not doing anything to show you they mean it but a lot of times we are hearing something and assuming it's that and holding on to this like delulu fantasy that someone's going to change or that they just don't mean what they say and so examples about this that I'm referring to is like I have had several men who like initially even though they're actions are showing me they want a relationship. Their actions are showing me that they're invested in me. Their actions are showing me that they're spending a ton of time with me, doing romantical things with me, you know, putting effort into me and that they want to be with me, but they have said, I'm not looking for a relationship or they have said, I'm not good enough for you. Or they have said, I'm only going to hurt you. Or they have said, you deserve so much better than me. Or they have said, I'm just not sure if I'm in the place to be in a committed relationship, like whatever derivative of that it is, even if all of their actions are telling me otherwise, because they're like, I don't know, hanging out with me four nights a week, or I don't know, they're FaceTiming me for four hours every single week, or, you know, I don't know, they're sleeping with me and taking me on dates and doing all these things that make your brain say, oh, they're just scared. They're just saying this because, They don't want to like get hurt or they're afraid to like tell you how they really feel. He just likes you too much. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And even if that's true, he's not committing to you. He doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. And he said that from the beginning and we have to just listen ladies. Like I cannot stress enough how stupid, honestly, I feel sometimes because I'm like these people literally said it to me and I just continued on their path. Like that's one of my biggest lessons moving forward is like, If a man tells me up front, I'm not looking for a relationship, I'm not giving him a chance to change his mind or to, for me to prove him wrong or to like be the exception or whatever the fuck bullshit we tell ourselves we can do. Even if he's like continuing to hit me up and he's continuing to try to pursue me and he's continuing to try to bring me on dates. If he tells me early on, he doesn't want something serious. Goodbye until he comes back around saying he does want something serious period. And that kind of leads me into the next one which is if he wanted to he would is not always true, but the point is if he is not you still have to let go. So what I mean by that is I think the trope about like if he wanted to he would is semi toxic. I've been like consuming some content on TikTok about this and I actually really like some of the viewpoints I've seen like sometimes someone can actually want you and want to give you their all and they're just not capable. Or a bigger issue is their version of their all is just different than yours. Like, I think one of the ways that I saw someone put it online that really stuck with me is like, what someone's best effort might be, could be like a six because of where they're at in life and maybe where they're at with like emotional processing of trauma or just with their dating experience or with what they're pursuing in careers or whatever it may be, they may be giving you all they have, but that may be a six and that might be genuinely their best effort. They might not be doing it because they don't like you. They might not be doing it because they, you know, don't want to quote unquote, but that just might be their capacity. And it's also okay if your capacity and what you need is a nine or a 10, but the point is, if you keep trying to go after someone who's only giving you a six and you need a nine or a 10, you're going to have resentment there and it's not going to align. And I also wanted to branch off because the thing that I saw someone talk about with that is like, then we get so upset when we see this guy at the six that told us like, I don't want these things or he's not giving me what you need. And then he's suddenly in a relationship with someone else. There are obviously a lot of different scenarios out there in this world, but it doesn't mean that he wasn't actually into you necessarily, or that he's not giving you, he wasn't actually giving you his all. He may have just found a girl whose needs are at a four and that's no shade to that girl. But like what we all want and need out of a partnership is different. And what someone else is giving may be enough for somebody and not be enough for you. And that's okay like that's fine. But the point is of all of that is like, even if they want to, if they're incapable of doing it, that's still not for you. It's having to recognize that that's so tough. And I feel like I learned this a lot in my like interactions with lampshade, which I do promise I'm doing a full episode on that soon. It's just, um, honestly been part of what retriggered me this week. So I'm just like really not ready. Um, I kind of have a plan for when I want to do that and when there's been maybe enough time I've been saying that and it's literally been like a a year um (laughs) but anyways I digress like but with that particular guy like he was going through so much shit and it does not excuse like what was happening on my end or like how I was feeling or how I was being treated but he was like giving me he like he I genuinely believe he like wanted to do more for me he was one of those people that was saying those things like I'm not good enough you deserve better et cetera, et cetera, that I should have just listened to um but he was like making this effort and I kept being like why is he reappearing why is he still talking to me if he just doesn't want this blah 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 blah. well it may not have been that he didn't want to but he couldn't give me what I need and that's the point instead I was like validating his behavior or like having empathy for it because I'm like oh well he's doing his best. Like he obviously wants me in this way. And this is just like what he's going through and that's not his fault. So I'm like accepting less than what I need. Like if what he could give me is a four, but I need like a minimum of an eight from someone, it doesn't matter if a four is his best. I need someone whose best is more. Right. And that's not like shade to that person either. That's like checking in with yourself on like what your needs are and honoring that. So that's the best way I can explain that. And the point is like, It doesn't really matter whether he wants to or not you don't really need to be analyzing that as much as just like is he doing it is he doing the wood right if he wanted to he would if he ain't wooden don't do it (laughs) that's the worst thing i ever said wooden that's weirdly sexual um okay the next one quitting is not always a bad thing i have grappled with this so much and over this last year i'm finally having like acceptance that this is true. Um, I have quit many things in my life and I'm not someone who people would define, I think, or I don't define myself as a quitter quote unquote. Um, but I've had like three or four major career shifts by 32. I have been a college teacher, instructor, whatever fuck, adjunct, professor, whatever you want to call it. I taught college. I was a copywriter for like an actual marketing department. Um, now I'm back in like copywriting freelance, sort of. I was running my own fitness coaching business for a very long time. I was pursuing music industry for a while. I like went on tour. I was working for radio stations. Like, I have done multiple things. And I've done them well and found success in each of those areas. And then one day it was just like, nah, and quit. And it was never because it got too hard. It was never because I felt like I was failing. It was usually just like, it didn't align with me anymore. And I think a lot of times we forget how much we change or we acknowledge how much we change when it comes to like relationships or our personal interests or things like that, but we don't think about that in terms of like our career as much as we should. Like if certain people in your life, like think about like seasons of friendships, there are some friends in your life that will be your friends forever. And so maybe you found a job that's like that forever friend. Hell yeah, that's awesome. But there are some people that come into your life that just fit a part of you that you're like in in that time if that makes sense like they're part of this one specific sector of your journey and they're not meant for a lifetime or we think about that in terms of like as something as silly as like our personal interests like the music you liked when you were a kid or tv shows you used to watch versus now like we are constantly changing so it's very bizarre to me that as a society we've decided like changing careers doesn't make sense or like That that's wrong to do, um, because who I was when I was pursuing teaching and like, you know, I mean, when I went to college, my bachelor's was to teach high school. By the time I went through four years of college and got to grad school, I no longer wanted to do that, and I decided to teach college because I honestly didn't know what the fuck else to do. That's when I was doing marketing and all that, right? And so I changed directions entirely. And then by the time I did that, I did that like for like four years total. And then I got to the end of it. And I was like, I really don't like this. I don't like it as much as I thought I would. And I, I'm i looking at who I was in each of these segments. And when I was going through a major shift internally and like who I am and whatnot, I am realizing that's when I was changing career paths. Like I went off on this venture and like moved to Nashville and like wanted to redefine my entire life and personality and like what I I don't know who I was and I was pursuing music. It was something so different and whatnot. And then I was like, okay, that was part of me trying to find myself. And then I got, you know, more and more into fitness over that period too. Like all these things were overlapping, right? It wasn't like a sudden shift. I was like doing fitness over the years I was teaching and stuff. And then I was like, okay, this is my passion. And I entered that and I found a lot of cool avenues there. And I did that for like so long, obviously I was running my business for like five or six years. Um, that sector aligned with me for a very long time. Um, but then as I grew again, it's like, I was going through this major life shift. My relationship was changing my, um, like I was about to move again and just like wanting, like as my life shifted, I realized like where my passions are shifted too. But I also think a lot of this has to do with like, I have taken a really long time to like truly find myself which sounds so cheesy, but like to find what feels like it's authentically me and like something that aligns with who I really am. Like I went through a lot of like mirror ball periods, right? It's like why I have a disco ball on my arm and why I talk so much about that whole disco ball comparison is because like, I have constantly just like consumed so much energy and light from other people and reflected that back and like wanted to fit into certain circles or wanted to be these things. And I think all of these really are parts of me. They're part of my broken, shattered glass that fit into this ball of light. But I had such a hard time like figuring out which version of those things is like truly me, like which thing doesn't exhaust me to show up that way. And for a period of time, each of those different avenues was that thing. And now with comedy... I felt like I have that thing. Like, I feel like I have the thing that is like me and this is like the most me I've ever felt. And I don't feel like it costs me my energy, even though I'm exhausted and I'm barely sleeping. Like it doesn't cost me my mental energy to do it. And who knows, who knows, maybe in fucking six years, I'm gonna be like, fuck this shit too. But I think like, as I get older, I'm getting closer to realizing like what aligns with me long-term and like who I am and the more comfort I have in myself and who I am the more my career path is going to align with me. I feel like that was a really long, weird rant. I don't know if it made sense, but here's hoping that spoke to one of you. (laughs) Um, But the point is like quitting sometimes can be the only way you can begin something new. And quitting also can be the only avenue out of something that's making you miserable. And I don't think we should have such a negative connotation around it. And this also goes into like my next lesson, which is hand in hand, which is... um, you can restart at any time. period. like i think that was so important to understand like you can pivot, you can restart at any time. um you can pick back up with something that you quit. this applies to me with like fitness. i had to take a break for a while. um this applies to, you know, careers like I was just talking about like you can pivot and start fresh and do something new um it's okay to be in a really long-term relationship and then have to restart with dating it sucks but it's okay um yeah it's okay to pivot you can restart at any time I feel like I rambled enough about quitting and that kind of went hand in hand so yeah uh this next one I am super passionate about and I could talk for hours on it but I just had a really um important conversation about this recently with a friend that I kind of want to highlight so the next lesson is one of the most beautiful love stories you can experience is with your friends and I know that's cheesy but listen I have always held my friends to such a high standard and been very proud of the people I surround myself with and the people who choose to have me in their lives like When people feel like they can count on me and I can count on them and, you know, I'm someone they think of or that they speak highly of when I'm not there or they're clapping for me behind my back, like, and I'm doing all that for them. That is such a cherished thing to me. But my friendships are also people that like they're deep and it's real and it's, we can talk about the hard shit. We can work through disagreements. We can... Laugh together to no end. They show up for me if I'm having a bad day. They check in with me if they haven't heard from me for a while. Like people who just know you so well and care about you on such a deep level that you don't ever have to doubt them. You don't have to worry that if you're going to say something that upsets them, that they're going to walk away. Like they, you might just get in a little argument. You might just have a tough discussion. You might just piss them off for a second, but you know they're not going to leave you. You don't have that fear. You don't have that anxiety. And I just kind of was talking to one of my close friends about this and this epiphany that I had of like, why do we, or me specifically is who I'm speaking to, but I'm sure some of you can relate have standards like that and accept nothing less than the best out of our friendships, whether it's girlfriends, platonic male, female friendships, whatever. And we're not asking that of the people that we date. Like we are one of the most impactful things my therapist ever said to me was if you are not romantically interested in this guy, would you be his friend? And sometimes my answer is no. And that's fucked up. Um, she's also asked me before, if you stopped focusing on if this person liked you, do you even like this person? Like, can you name five things you like about this person you're pursuing?" Sometimes the answer's been no. We get so caught up in like this feelings and this intensity of like romantic relationships. And we forget at a core level that partnership is friendship. And that should be like the baseline. And if you can have like physical intimacy and compatibility in terms of like your long-term goals and what you want out of life and like what you want a like potential life pairing to look like, that's it. Like that's what you're looking for. Right. But all of those things that make a good friendship work, like communication, trust, loyalty, um, those things should be the basic foundations of your friendships or your relationships as well. Right. And I think we forget that sometimes. I don't, I don't know, maybe men don't struggle with this, but as women, I think that we tend to just get caught up in like, do they like me? Are, you know, are they attractive and like all of those things matter, but at the very base, like you need someone who's going to be your ride or guy. And I do not settle for anything less than that with my friendships. And I don't know why I keep settling for it in relationships. And the other thing with that is like, just as far as it being a beautiful love story, this isn't even like supposed to necessarily be a lesson on like how to date better. It just kind of turned into that with the conversation I was having. But I also think there's so much value in improving your romantic relationships by having important impactful friendships um like the time that I've spent over the last two years of being single like sure I've been in and out of situationships and whatever and dated and all that but I haven't been like in a full-on relationship in about two years now and I have had some of the most beautiful experiences with my girlfriends or my platonic guy friends that have changed my life and that have shown me what true love looks like and what true like camaraderie and showing up for someone looks like to the point of everything I just said. Um, and I think that without that, it's really hard to set that standard in your relationships. And I think that's also very important to maintain friendships like that while you are in a relationship. You need someone else to lean on. Your partner cannot be everything. And you also cannot make someone your whole world because, as much as we hate to think that inevitably, Some relationships end, and then you're alone. You don't have that support system. And nobody likes that friend that was disappearing the entire time they have a boyfriend. And then suddenly they go through a breakup and they expect you to drop everything and be there for them. Your good friends will. I've been that person before, both the one who's dropped everything for the people who have done that to me and the person who's isolated everyone in a relationship and been grateful when my friends are there. But you should keep those friendships going strong, even when you are in a relationship, because... Holy shit. Like I could talk for hours and get really emotional about how much my friends mean to me and the ways that they have pushed me and helped me grow throughout my life, but especially this last two years. And I have made some of the most beautiful memories with them. Some of my favorite trips and nights out are when it's just me and my girls, or like me and one of my best guy friends, whether it's like Caleb or Greg or whoever else, you know, that's like I'm speaking just from being in Austin. Um, you know. I, I cherish those memories and they have become such like a core part of me that makes life so beautiful. So I, um, just definitely think that's something that's been hammered into me between 31 and 32, especially as I was going through such a difficult time. Um, the people who really showed up for me, even long distance, um, it means the world to me. And I just think that we spend so much time romanticizing, like romantic relationships, obviously romanticizing. That's where that comes from, but we should romanticize our friendships too. Next one, healthcare is a scam. I don't even have to elaborate that much. Um, as a lot of, you know, I told a story on here about basically breaking my face when I had an ovarian cyst structure and I'm quite literally still unable to pay that bill. It's terrible. Um, I just, I hate our healthcare system and I just wanted to bitch about that. It's one of the things I learned this year. I've always been knowing it, but this year really hammered that one in. Traveling is, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Traveling is always worth it. That's the next one. Um, To elaborate on that, I am sometimes fiscally irresponsible. Most people who know me know that. I don't try to hide it. I'm in a rough financial spot now. And people are always like, but I still see you going places. And here's the thing. Never once, even when I've come back and not know how to pay my bills, never once, even when I have had to eat fucking All my friends in Austin are going to make fun of me for saying that. Pistachios, whatever the fuck you call it, I've had to eat them to pay my bills. (laughs) To not talk right now, I've had to eat pistachios like because I don't have any other groceries. Like none of that has ever made me say, "Wow, I wish I didn't take that trip." I just think that for me, seeing the world is one of the most important things we can do before we die. And I know so many people in my personal life and from like especially when I was younger who like never even get a passport, who never even leave their state. Maybe they've only been to the bordering state and no shade if that keeps you happy. But I just don't, I truly don't think that you know what you're missing until you have experienced travel, um, until you have gotten out and done and seen new things. Like this is just something that brings me probably the most joy in my life other than like music and live music is like, just literally when I feel a plane take off, I have like a rush of euphoria. It's, it's just something for me that's non-negotiable. And of course I will like manage it and I don't do extravagant trips. And like, if I'm planning trips somewhere, it's typically somewhere that I know my stay is going to be free. I know I'm going to be able to get groceries and eat at my friend's house. Like, you know, I I don't, I'm not like going to bougie resorts and doing shit like that. Um, it's like very cheap stays, free stays. I look for flight deals or I book flights that are cheap. I'm, you know, my flights are never more than $200. Like I, except for when I go visit Kara in Pittsburgh, Jesus Christ, we got to figure that out sister. Um, But I, I'm not like saying that you always have to go across the world, even if it's just like traveling a few hours away, sometimes to like a place you haven't seen or getting out in nature or seeing a new city and like absorbing its energy. And like, meeting new people, like every city you go to people live and act so differently, even right here in the U S. And I think that that has just made me such more, so much more of an open-minded person and given me so much value to just like the perspectives and like the way different people live. And it gives you so much more grace and empathy and understanding, I think of other people in your everyday life. So I just, I'm always going to be a travel stand. I'm always going to be just like putting shit on my card, even though I'm in debt. Like I know that's stupid, but If it, you know, I will slow it down, but it's like, I will travel always at least like twice a year, even if I'm struggling. That's just, that's my hot take. Take it or leave it. Just saying. I've learned that last year specifically, like sometimes when I was in my roughest places this last year, like last fall, specifically getting out of town and going somewhere new, or even just traveling because I'm going to see a friend read the other point about friendships was what saved me. It's what made me heal again. So Cannot say that enough. Traveling, always worth it. Okay. Some people are just meant to be in your life for a reason. Oh, sorry. Some people are just meant to be in your life for a season, (laughs) and that's okay. I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but it's something that I think I've had a really hard time with. Um, I think that most of our brains, when I say that goes to like romantic relationships, but I actually mean people in general. Um, and I was talking about this in one of the earlier points, but I've had friendships change and things like that. And sometimes that's really hard to grapple with people who just like were in your life every single day or so often, or that you communicated with regularly and now they're not. And I've really tried to look back at those interactions and those relationships and see like what we went through during that period of time and why they were the person I needed then and why they may not align so much now. Or just even if you don't look into too much about now, um, just being grateful for the fact that they were there then and that you got through whatever thing you were doing or had this fun experience that you had with them in that time and that just being enough. Um, It's really hard for us to wrap our head around that because when we love people, in whatever capacity we love them in, we never want to lose them, but understanding that like some people are only here for like a period of time and it's intentional, um, has given me a lot of peace with that. I feel like this next one really builds off that too, which is that you can find a good and a negative experience and still cherish that experience Um, I feel like that seems cheesy, but to elaborate, I've talked a lot on here about my um long-term ex and the damage that that did to me mentally and still that I work through. Um, and how hard it was again, just like to look at five years of my life that someone's now no longer a part of. Um but I've had friends notice lately that I can like talk about memories of ours, like specifically when we went to Thailand and stuff like that, or like, oh, this fun night out we had. And I like, we'll talk about it gleefully or be like sharing about the experience. And it's not really like, oh, him and I were like, I'm not like talking about, oh, that time we like made out in the rain or whatever else. Or like, it's not like this like yearning or longing when I'm telling these stories. It's like, oh my God, this reminds me of so-and-so. Like literally we went to Meow Wolf in Denver and I walked into this room that like, reminded me so much of like the art my ex used to make and I was like oh Goodwill would have loved this and my friend was like we don't care about him and I was like no it's okay I'm not saying it like it's not making me sad I didn't it was like a very neutral emotion It, it was just kind of like oh this still makes me think of you and like that part of my life and that was kind of like a warming feeling you know like I have mostly negative feelings towards that person and that was like, it's a, it doesn't fill me with negative emotion to always think about our memories, if that makes sense. And I think that that's a really powerful place to be, especially if you're someone who's went through trauma with someone or like a really big heartbreak, just in general. Um, it can hurt for a really long time to think about the good times. Uh, there's a period where like the good times with someone, and even in a friendship, not just romantic relationships, where when you think about that, it makes you really sad, um, or it makes you miss that person, or like, makes you like romanticize and want them back or like forget about the bad stuff. But when you can get to a point where you can just like look at someone who maybe did something bad to you or that ended badly, and you can look at experiences that were good with them and just remember that that's all it was just this good experience in that moment, like whether it was that trip or that day or that thing you did and just appreciate that and just remember that. And it feels really good in terms of like my growth and progress to have Moments like that. So just to remind you, um, there is good and negative things. Um, and it's okay if you still hold on to that and think of it positively sometimes. That's something I learned this last year. But that being said, the next one is moving on from someone or something does not mean you have moved on from the impact or effect it had on you. That one is really hard for a lot of other people to understand. I think like, I think a lot of us know that about our own shit, but I think we forget to give other people that grace. Um, I get this a lot. And just like, honestly, even like having this podcast or now like doing stand-up, talking about like past partners or like when I'm with like new people or I like bring up my ex, like they'll be like, Oh, you gotta move on from that. Are you not over him? Like blah, blah, There is quite literally nothing in this world. I am more over than my ex partner like my long term relationship i have no desire to be in a relationship with him ever again i would like to actually never see him again but the things we went through and the impact that had especially on someone who like has trauma or like a mental health diagnosis or whatever else like whether it's like abuse that they went through or whatever else if they are talking about it one a lot of us are verbal processors i am i'm talking about it cuz i'm trying to move through it but two stuff that can still come up for you, like in your relationships and project and onto other people and things like that is because the impact that someone had on you does not go away as quickly as your feelings for that person. It's something you have to work through. Um, it's why I'm in therapy. So I don't project on new partners, the stuff that happened to me or that someone, way someone else made me feel. Um, but also like still dealing with like, like this week, like, I mean, even something triggered me just about, lampshade like I said it wasn't even that long-term partner and you know that's kind of a bad scenario because I'm not fully moved on from that but like over the last few months I have thought about him hardly at all like I was dating someone else for a while I um you know I I didn't get sad about him very often again he was still in my thoughts but like I was really moving on um but there were still things that like are going to trigger me about it there's still things people are going to say that are going to like make me like think of that scenario and move through it differently like And that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you're still in love with this person um, or you're not over that. I think we get that a lot about like talking about exes and stuff. And I do think there's a time and a place, but I think just understanding that moving on from something doesn't mean that you've moved on from its repercussions or its consequences that it's had, I guess, for lack of a better word. Okay, this next one. Commitments need to be clearly stated, and that's whether it's professional, romantic, or otherwise. I've had a lot of things come over this last year where again, just like a simple lack of communication or clarity in a commitment has fucked me over. And I'm actually, when I, when I was writing this, I was thinking actually more like career wise than, um, in any kind of relationship, but also obviously it can extend to that. That's why I put that out, but I don't feel like I need to beat that dead horse. Cause we've talked about this already. Like if someone is like wanting to commit to you, that needs to be clear and communicated. Um, but I'm talking about like In my professional life and financially, like, I've run into just some shit with my copywriting job with, like, if stuff is not, like, spelled out, like, in a contract or clearly in writing or someone is not like, hey, I'm working with you for this amount of time and, like, I need this amount of notice, like, it's going to bite you in the ass. So, this is, like, you know, in comedy, if someone's, like, booking you on something, anything, like, you need to be clear. What is the thing? When am I doing it? Are we doing this? Because it just clears up so much confusion by having clear commitments that one doesn't really need that much explanation it's pretty simple but something I learned this year (laughs) a lot um the next one is trust your gut um also pretty self-explanatory trust your gut I talked about this a lot in my episode with episode episode (laughs) cannot talk today with Jazzy um, and how just so often in my life, my gut feeling has felt like I'm insane or coming up with this weird scenario out of nowhere. And then I've been right. Um, I think it is hard to differentiate your gut from anxiety sometimes. Um, that's something I'm working on, but something I heard recently is if it's anxiety, there will be a story attached to it, like a narrative in your brain. Like if you're anxious and there's like a feeling about someone and then you start spiraling like, Oh, they're probably doing this and this. And like, I bet this is happening. sometimes that's anxiety, but if you just have a gut feeling like this person is bad energy, I think this person is not being truthful. I think that this is dangerous. Like, those feelings that you can't really explain, it's just like I'm getting a weird vibe about this. Trust that shit. I a Gatorade break here. I hope you guys don't care whenever you're listening to this that I simply do not take the time to edit out moments like this. <laughs> um, I try to keep them brief. If it's long pauses, I will, but I'm not going to fucking edit out every time I take a sip of Powerade or smoke my babe. I'm just not. Um, All right. Next lesson. Patterns will repeat themselves until you learn the fucking lesson. I could go on and on about that, but I think I've talked about this a lot if you're a loyal listener. Um, I think life and lessons and especially in relationships are given to us over and over again until we've accepted what it is we're supposed to learn. And you can only fault other people for so long until you have to take ownership that there has been a pattern presented to you in each of these failed things and you are continuing to handle it the same way. And that's why it keeps happening to you. Because I've noticed over this last year specifically, I've gotten involved in a couple different like romantical things like situationships or whatever else. and each one, I've handled a similar pattern That's presented itself, and I've handled it a little bit differently. And each time it's a little bit easier to get over, it ends a little bit quicker, and it's better off for everyone. Like, I am not in a place where I'm still choosing the best people for me, but I've made better choices each time. I'm not in a place yet where I have found someone who's giving me everything I need, but I'm getting better at identifying when that's happening and that someone's not willing to do that and addressing it. I'm noticing inconsistencies and instead of tolerating them, I'm bringing them to that person's attention and seeing how they respond when I address it. Like all of those things are pattern interrupts for me. I tolerated so much shit for a five-year period and then nine months later tolerated less shit but in a totally different way shit in a nine month or whatever you want to call it I don't know the timeline with lampshade is honestly bizarre to me so I have no idea our time frame together though I tolerated less shit but tolerated a lot of shit for a long time and so each person since then it's been less and less right I did the two episodes on the little buddy saga that shit sucked it went on way longer than it should have but I did more communicating I just kept letting him come back letting him come back That's, that's my bad pattern. So I learned that and it went too long and it sucked and it hurt. Uh, then I moved on to, you know, falling back into this cycle with lampshade a little bit. Um, you know, nothing romantic happened between us, but as I shared on here, we saw each other and I let that put me back into this like spiral because actually, uh, you know, I still speak neutrally on that honestly I still think seeing him and having the conversation I had was really helpful to me and I'm not going to go down that path again because I've talked about it on here already um but it did I did let his effects his actions or lack of their lack thereof actions affect me moving forward from that and that was a pattern for me you know I let someone back in and then I was pissed off when they didn't behave the way I wanted even though they were behaving exactly how the boys behaved so why was I surprised I don't know um I did um This um, other guy that I don't have a nickname for yet, Uh, I'm not telling the story on here because it's still pretty fresh. Um, I just stopped seeing him like a little over a month ago um but that was healthier you know and like i definitely like addressed my feelings more i was very upfront about my trauma um i was like very forthcoming about what i want and you know i checked in when i started feeling like things were going on for a long time and i wasn't getting any clarity um gave like another you know couple week buffer for that to pan out when i wasn't getting a clear answer um and then when i addressed it again i got my clear answer it wasn't the answer i wanted it sucked um but it was an answer and then i was able to get out of that sooner Did I regress a little bit with that too and see that person again and kind of let them back into access to me on a personal level that they shouldn't have had? Yeah. Um, Am I kind of annoyed and pissed off at that person because they did that and thought that was fine? Yeah. But am I mostly taking accountability and pissed off at myself because I allowed that to happen? Absolutely. And that's a pattern interrupt for me. That's me realizing like, okay, now what do we do? What do we do differently? So I set a boundary. And now I'm not speaking to that person, even though I really enjoy their company. And I actually do think we can be friends at some point. But for me right now, to interrupt that pattern, I had to do that. So interrupt those patterns. And it doesn't always have to be in a major way. None of that is me taking a whole fucking 180 and being a different person in relationships. It's me making like a 3 to 5% improvement with each guy I see. Because at some point, I'm going to hit 100% and find the guy that puts in the effort and the ones that don't put in the effort are going to be out of my way because I'm going to recognize it earlier and give them a boot. So take that for what you will. Um, this next one is very important to me. And I've spoke on here about it a little bit, but not as much as I have on um, my other podcast with Kara Goss, which is the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. So if you want a deeper dive on that, I'm going to plug us for that. But health and fitness not only looks different for everyone, but it can also look different in different seasons of your life. And this is something that I've had to work really hard at giving myself grace with because as y'all know, former bodybuilder, former fitness coach, my whole life used to revolve around fitness. Now it doesn't. And I've been trying to find what that balance looks like again. So I can be happy with myself physically. So I can be happy with myself mentally. So I can literally just be healthy and operate on an optimal level. And it's hard um, because my life looks a lot different now, but I've had to give myself that grace. It's the same grace I used to extend to new moms when I was coaching them, they would be so frustrated that they can't, like, follow their old gym schedule or, like, planning meals and sleep is different. And it's like, hey, your whole fucking life is different. It would be a little bit whack if we expected you to be able to fit in the same lifestyle, sorry, lifestyle that you had when you were not a mom, when you have a whole-ass human being you're taking care of. That's bonkers, right? We have to redirect, and that's where it goes back to that other lesson of, like, it's okay to pivot, it's okay to do things differently, This is so important in your health and fitness journey. And that's something I'm learning now is like, I don't have to disregard health and fitness. I'm still figuring out which ways that fits in my life. I'm still getting movement where I can. I'm still like, you know, figuring out what nutrition looks like for me now, but I'm having to accept like, Hey, your sleep schedule is just fucking different now that you're trying to be a comedian. You're not on a normal schedule. You're out at night sometimes when you, you know, you can choose not to drink. You can choose not to eat out. But sometimes if you're out for seven hours a night and you don't have food on you, I'm going to have to get food from somewhere. Can I make the best possible choice available to me? Yeah. But is it going to be the most optimal thing for my health and fitness goals? Probably not. Like, and just accepting that, that instead of beating yourself up, because I don't know about y'all, but I am worse with self-comparison than comparing myself to other people. It's very easy for me to look at other people and be like, okay, their life looks like X, Y, and Z. And even though I wish I looked like them, or I wish I had their discipline or whatever the fuck you tell yourself in your brain, you can at least understand like they're different from you and their life is different. It's hard when it's been you. It's hard to look at pictures of myself. Even though I, I like, I often like reshare them and stuff. And sometimes I'm like, am I being toxic to myself? But actually, it's like my reminder that I chose to be in that lifestyle and now I'm choosing something else. Like, I didn't like gain a bunch of weight because I'm like fucked off for two years. That's not what happened here. And anyone that knows me or follows me closely knows that. And I know I'm not overweight, but like, I know that I look very different from when I was bodybuilder Kylie, but also my life is very different. So just like I said, that makes no fucking sense to still be strung out on what bodybuilder Kylie looked like when I am pursuing comedy, when I am not a fitness coach anymore. Like I have a different life and health and fitness is still a part of that life. And it's still very important to me. And I still focus on all those basics, but I've had to come to terms with the fact that like, Things are different in my life now. And so my fitness and health routine is also going to look different. It can still be a priority. It can still be something that I care about and focus on and want to be better, but I'm not as concerned with my aesthetic appearance anymore. I'm concerned with like what my hormones are fucking doing. I'm concerned with, do I have energy throughout the day to get my job done, to build, to be able to pay my bills? So that way I can go do comedy at night. I'm concerned with, do I have energy to be out from 8 p.m. on my first show until I do my last spot at 45 a.m. Like that's what my priorities are now, and I have to find a way for health and fitness to balance that rather than beat myself up because it doesn't look like when I went to the gym at 6 a.m. and did cardio and then went back at 1 p.m. to go lift and had all my meals in Tupperware all day because I had a different life then, and that is okay. That's fucking okay, and I hope that that helps you realize that it's okay too because we're so hard on ourselves about this, I think, and. I've had such a hard time in so many conversations with friends about this and you just have to give yourself more grace and that if you're doing anything at all, sometimes that's what matters. Ooh, that was a soapbox and we're getting close to an hour on this podcast. So I'm going to try to be faster. These next two, I'm going to just pair together. Um, and they're just silly ones. Something I've learned in the last year is, uh, I cannot mix different types of alcohol anymore together in one night. And I cannot smoke weed if I've been drinking. Just don't smoke if you're drunk. I will die. I will throw up. I will feel terrible. It will be not pretty. Something that I swear to God I was fine with still for the most part up until like a year ago. They weren't lying to you when people tell you your hangovers and your uh, sensitivity to alcohol and drugs is worse. It really is. Um, We show people how to treat us. That's the next one. Um, I don't feel like I have to elaborate that much because I feel like it was a huge part of me talking about the pattern interrupt stuff. But what I have to say is this, we cannot be surprised when we have allowed something from someone and then they do it again, especially if you don't set a boundary. But if you do set a boundary and then you let them break that boundary, they will continue to break your boundary. If you tell someone I don't wanna see you anymore, don't text me. And then when they try to see you or text you, you reply and see them, why logically would you expect them to take you seriously? If you tell someone, we're not gonna hook up anymore, and then you hook up, you can't get mad when they try to booty call you. Because why would they not? They have anecdotal evidence That this is fine, even if you've said otherwise. I've been guilty of this, something I'm working on, because I've learned this last year, that I only have myself to blame in some scenarios. Sure, is that person an asshole for crossing a boundary that you set? Yeah, but you let them cross the boundary. If you've shown someone how to treat you by accepting their behavior They will continue to treat you that way, no matter what you say, until you stop allowing them to do it, period. People can change. Not everyone will, but people can change. Um, This one, I don't have a lot of like mental space to elaborate on because it's something I still haven't talked about on the podcast, Um, but it's uh, relevant to family stuff for me and just giving people a chance to be someone other than who they were in their past, um, allowing room for growth in people and understanding that like, you don't always have to forgive and forget, but you can meet someone where they are at now and develop a relationship with them. And that's something I've done over this last year specifically in my life. And it's created a really beautiful relationship for me and something that's been um, really instrumental in my growth and my own healing and, um, listening to this podcast, you probably know who you are. Um, and I love you. And I think that it's really cool, um, that we can allow each other to fill this space, um, without fixating on the past, but also without ignoring the past and acknowledging that just like who you may have been as a teenager or young adult is not who you are 30, 40, 50 years later, 20 years later, Um, I sure as hell am not the same person I was when I was 17 or 25. We spent a lot of the first half of this podcast talking about that. Um, so, you know, you don't have to expect people to change and you shouldn't try to change people, but you can accept that sometimes people change on their own and you can give them a chance to be that new person. Anyway, it's okay to be to Lulu and bet on yourself, stay delusional, stay hopeful fucking go for it. Like this is just my mantra when it comes to this whole comedy thing. I know how much of a long shot this is, but I also know that the only person that's going to stand in my way is me. And if I don't believe in myself, then what the fuck am I doing? So I am delusional enough to think that I will be famous, um, that I will have a career in comedy. I will make money doing this thing that I love, even though I've only been doing it for like eight months. And you know what? I've gotten a lot of really cool opportunities that I never fucking imagined would happen to me within eight months of doing this. And that gives me positive affirmation to keep betting on myself. It helps. Um, But even if I wasn't getting that, I would keep working hard until that happens. Um, Obviously there's a point where you reach a level of self-awareness. If you feel like you've been at this for literally years and nothing's happening for you at all, maybe you have some more work to do, or you should be putting your energy elsewhere. But Like if you're getting any kind of like positive, genuine feedback from people you respect or you're getting, you know, gigs and booked, and this can apply to non-comedy. This is just my, uh, lingo that relates to me. Like if I'm getting those things and that's happening for me now, all that makes me think is like in year five, how great I'll be doing. Like, I'm not saying I'm to Lulu in the sense of like, I think I'm going to have a fucking Netflix special in three years or five years, or that I'm going to be like, working at the biggest comedy club, regular, like doing spots every night next year or this year. Like I'm such a baby in this, but I'm Delulu in the sense that I think I will get there and I will get where I want to go. And I have a lot of self-critical thoughts all the time. Like I get down with my sets and I think it's trash. I overanalyze stuff. I constantly think I'm not writing enough or that I should be performing more or like that I should be booked more than I, like all of those things still circulate in my brain because I'm human. I'm a Virgo, whatever the fuck reason you want to put on it. I overthink and I'm a perfectionist. But deep down, I feel so in alignment with this and I love it so much that I refuse to fail at it. And that keeps me staying to Lulu and on the grind, baby. Uh, this next lesson is just uh block him That's it. Whoever just came to your mind when I said that, block him. That's what I learned this last year. I still suck at it. All my friends know I'm terrible at hitting the block button. But I've gained some peace this year from people that I have finally hit the block button. So whoever you just thought of when I said that, fucking block him, bitch. The bare minimum is not enough. I have been in a lot of situations over the last year. That, like I said, are on an upward climb from situations I've been in in the past, but still are not giving me what I want. But because I have been in such dysfunctional partnerships previously, it was very easy for me to accept very little. Um, That's not okay. Like someone just being nice, someone just doing the bare minimum, someone just like treating you kindly isn't enough. You know, we also say like a lot of times love isn't enough. There needs to be more to make a relationship work. I agree. Uh, if we think that's not enough, then the bare minimum sure as hell isn't enough. Like some of the times the things that I was like, like I said, I was seeing someone um this summer that was much healthier for me than most people I've dated. Um, But sometimes the stuff that I would like tell my friends that I was like, oh, well, he does this, this and this and that's great. They were like, yeah, that's like the bare minimum of what a guy who is seeing you or sleeping with you or you know taking you on dates should be doing especially because we were barely going on dates like like official formal dates um and by formal i don't mean like expensive dates i'm just talking about like fucking intentionally planning something outside of a house um but you know i I was like so wrapped up in the idea of like oh well this person is like showing me so much care and consideration like obviously this is good And it was good. It was um, a great experience. I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset that I spent my time doing that. I think it taught me a lot, but my friends were like, yo, that's like the bare minimum of what a guy should be doing for you. The absolute bare minimum. And I was like, fuck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just, we all need that reminder sometimes, especially if you're someone who has not gotten the bare minimum from a lot of people, even like your bar is low but that doesn't mean that they should still just keep stepping over it. They should help you raise it. The world is full of avoided people. That's my other lesson. Um, I was talking to my friend Greg about this. He's the, I actually, I just had him on the most recent episode. So if you guys haven't listened to that, check it out. Um, I was talking to him outside of the episode about just like dating apps and things like that. And as you guys know, if you listen to the episode, he's, um, in grad school for mental health counseling and he's done a lot of like reading on his own on like attachment theory and things like that and said that there really is part of the problem at this current age and um with the apps and things like that that most of the people left out in the dating world are either avoidant or anxious and a lot of these people are avoidant and that's because most of the secure people have been snatched up already or they're in happy relationships so if you feel like you keep running into avoidant person after avoidant person, yes, there's a lot of merit to what I was talking about earlier in terms of, like, recognizing a pattern and, like, what you're attracting and things like that, but also, this is a little bit of, like, of jail free card, just a little. It's not entirely your fault. The world is just fucking overflowing with these avoidant people because they're the ones avoiding relationships, but they still want companionship in some level, so that's who we keep finding. It's not entirely our fault, ladies and gentlemen. Our childhood plays such a crucial role in our adult life, like our choices, our patterns and our issues. I think people who are still neglecting to acknowledge that, first of all, they're the ones that really need therapy. Um, but that's holding a lot of people back is not wanting to acknowledge their childhood and like things they've been through and the way that that's showing up in their current relationships. Um, and that can be friendships, relationships, jobs, etc. Your self worth, your relationship with yourself—it's heavily impacted by what we went through as kids. There's tons of study and research on this. Please go to fucking therapy; it <laughs> yeah, will help you. Trying to keep that one short and sweet. Um, <laughs> some of these are a little bit more ridiculous. So, um, everything is dependent on the dose—drugs, alcohol, etc. Um, what I mean by that is any substance can become problematic in the wrong dose. Um, I've had a lot of experiences over the last year, really two years. Um, but even this year where like medicinal things like, you know, plant medicine, whether we're talking about like weed or mushrooms or whatever has been like a fucking transformative experience to me. I've done some other recreational things that like in small bouts have given me a beautiful experiences and a lot of fun or whatever else it's, such a fine line between that and this is alcohol too and it controlling your life. And as you all know, um something I definitely was going through at the tail end of a year ago and into the beginning of this time last year was, you know, someone who was struggling with addiction. And I've seen that in so many of my friends' families. I've seen it in families, members of mine's partners. Um, you know, I know how serious that is. And it's so tough as someone who like doesn't live a fully sober lifestyle to to like talk on this. And I think that's why the importance is to just understand like dosage is so crucial. And this can even be as like simple as things with like caffeine and shit. Like I'm trying not to go off on too many side tangents. My brain is like not working an hour into this podcast, but like just be careful, y'all. Like understand that like it's such a slippery slope with how frequently you're doing things. And even for me, just like the journey I went on in Denver is part of what like re-triggered me into this weird headspace I'm in. And I'm not someone who like does things frequently or like gets myself involved in like recreational quote, quote unquote, party culture, like a lot. Um, And even for me, it was like, Oh, well, I'm going to take a step back from that stuff for a while. Like I'm currently on a drinking hiatus and everything because I'm like, I don't want to put any of that stuff in my brain while I'm trying to sort out what all I just went through. Like why put my already fragile mental state in a worse place by adding toxins and chemicals to it, right? So just take care of yourselves. It's really, you know, party, enjoy it, love your life, but um, be careful. That's really what that one is about. Um, That being said, EDM makes sense sometimes. (laughs) I think over this last year, really year and a half, but year for sure, I have come to appreciate like EDM music so much more. And this is such a silly one to include on this list, but I wanted to let some things light at the end here. Um like I was such a hater for a long time. And I still don't really I still kind of am freaked out by you if like your only music selection is EDM and that's like what you drive to and listen to like while you cook dinner or like do literally anything. Like that just doesn't compete with me, teach their own. Um, I need some lyrics I need some deep meaning. I need some soft vibes. I guess some of y'all have lo-fi or whatever the fuck. Sure. Teach their own. But I used to just think the music itself had no like deeper meaning or I could understand what people could connect to it. I could understand like, oh yeah, you want to like dance and like blah, blah, blah. Honestly, like going to live EDM shows, like my friends who brought me into like rave culture and stuff, like I get it and I see it and this is with or without extracurriculars. I promise. Um, I've been to both experiences, uh, both ways now. And there is such a beauty in like the community and just like the visual combination of like that music and a live setting around tons of people while you make happy memories. And that affects the way I listen to the music now. So I will say if you've always felt like I used to about EDM, go to a show and go with people who do also love it. Um, It'll change some things for you. It just opened my mind a little bit, you know, it's never too late to find a new interest. Um, I've learned what it truly means to be extroverted versus introverted this year. Um, I've always defined myself as an extrovert, but I used to have a lot of people that made me feel like that means I don't like to be alone or I'm not good at being alone. Um, And I used to think that was true and it was true during a period of my life, but um, I actually had to spend a ton of time alone between 2021 and the end of last year um and learned how to be by myself and be okay with it I still just don't prefer it um I also think there's a st- like a stigma that introverts are like antisocial or they don't know how to socialize or they're all awkward also not true some of my most like charismatic and a social like gr- small group friends are introverts by nature um it truly is just about how you recharge and I genuinely get recharged by being with people introverts genuinely are recharged when they're alone And this is something that I've learned how long it takes for me to get to my limit. Like I have so much social battery because that's like what keeps my battery going. But I had a a few weeks ago where I just had so much comedy stuff going on and so much social events, like in a row for like a month straight, like I hadn't had a night in at home for like almost a month. And I was so burnt out and drained. And like, I was barely texting people back. Like, that's not me. Um, And I was like, holy shit, this is what I had to hit. For my extrovert battery to die. And I'm like, my introvert friends are like, that would have been two days for me. Right. So, um, I just really learned that this year. Like there's, um, you know, I think a lot of stigma around what extrovert versus introvert means. And, uh, it's really just about how you recharge. Um, the pain of friendship bra- bracelets, <laughs> the pain of friendship breakups is not talked about enough. I had my heart absolutely broken by a friend this last year. Actually, it's coming up on being about a year ago now. Um, and it was happening at the same time. I was having my heart romantically broken, which didn't help. Um, but I have I mourn that friendship frequently. Um, I think about her and miss her and grieve the experiences we had while also still looking at the positive, like I talked about earlier, frequently. Um, but I just think that the same way we don't put friendship love stories on the same pedestal as romantic ones, we don't really give enough credit to how hard those breakups are too. And um, that person like has reappeared in my life a time or two since then in very small ways. Um, But it was just as hard as like running into an ex or like an ex showing up. And um, I just think that we need to give ourselves a little more grace and time to heal from those things than we maybe allow ourselves because I think that it seems weird, but I do think that it's a different level because to some degree with like romantic relationships, we kind of expect that disappointment or these things to happen to us. Um, and you don't really expect to be like betrayed or abandoned by some of your friends and, um, it really sucks. And yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Okay. I hate myself for this, but giving head and being throat fucked are two different things. (laughs) I don't really want to elaborate that much on that. I just, (laughs) I hooked up with someone like a month ago. Um, I thought I knew what throat fucking was, but um, I didn't. (laughs) It turns out I didn't. I learned though. I learned that's all that's all um money cannot buy happiness but it sure can fucking help I have a deeper layer to that kind of like what I was getting into earlier in the episode but like I am in this weird conundrum right now where like I'm the happiest and fulfilled with most of my life that I've ever been but the financial stress continuously looms over me and disrupts that happiness um I'm broke as fuck right now, I'm not gonna lie to anyone. Um, it's scary. I had a lot of changes in my career recently. I had some things happen with clients um, and I'm just not doing as well as I wish I was. Um, and I'm pursuing a passion right now that doesn't pay a lot. Um, that when it brings in revenue is great, but it's not a ton. Um, and it could have a very huge payoff for me in the long run, but in the short run, it's like anyone that's pursues acting or singing or any other entertainment revenue, uh, it is rough. And it requires a lot of time and sacrifice for no pay and finding balance for what work is going to not interrupt that dream, but also still keep me alive is tough. Um, And so I've learned though, that while feeling this stressed and broke, that I'm still choosing this path because it makes me so happy and so fulfilled that I understand the whole money can't buy happiness thing. Um, But... I do know that I would have instrumentally less stress in my life and be able to navigate things easier if I um, had more money. So, yeah. Last one I want to leave you guys with. Sexiness is a mindset. Period. Like, this ties so much into, honestly, the health and fitness one I was talking about already. But I just wanted to leave you guys on this because how you feel about yourself and where you are in your life It's going to heavily affect how you view yourself physically, how you come across to other people. And if you take anything away from this podcast, I wanted it to be this. You are a sexy bitch. If you believe you are, and I want you to navigate the world because sexy bitches get shit done. Sexy bitches get what they want. Sexy bitches are not scared of anything. That's how I feel anyways. So. If you like this guy or like someone shoot your shot, don't be afraid of like, if he thinks you're not sexy, you are sexy. If you are worried that like, you're going to look weird at work or like for me on stage, anything like that, I tell myself I am sexy. So I'm going to look sexy to everybody else. Like that shit really does work. I swear to God, um, confidence is the sexiest thing you can wear. So that's why I feel like sexiness is a mindset. Be confident in yourself. You got this boo. All right. Um, I hope there was some insight in that to you. I really wanted this to be like 45 minutes, but here we are 30 minutes over that. Um, thank you for listening. And I hope that I'm able to post some clips from this janky little recording setup, but, um, I'll be back with some guests for you soon. I have some other comics I want to have on and I'm very excited about that. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for always being patient. I didn't go into my whole spiel at the beginning about how I was like, I took too long away because you guys already knew. Um, I do my best, but I'm hoping that this comes out for you guys ASAP and isn't a lot to edit so I can get it out and keep episodes rolling to you. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or something from it resonated with you, please share it. I would love for my just episodes to be shared on like social media posts, like stories or whatever too. Um, and for you to tag responsibly unhinged and, um, Hey, it's Kylie 13. That's my personal account. Um, Please follow my personal account um, for comedy updates, for shows. If you're in the Austin area, I'm also um, coming back to Nashville to do shows. Um, I'll be in town October 6th through the 10th or 11th, something like that, trying to do shows over the 6th through the 9th. Um, I am going to be on a show Friday the 6th. If you're in Nashville listening, um, if you're in Austin, I'm on shows all over town all the time. You can always see what's coming up in my Instagram bio, and I will have a link tree that's in my profile too. All those links are in the show notes, but also... As far as the podcast goes, please leave me a five-star rating and review. Um, Apple, Spotify, like and comment, subscribe on YouTube. It really helps the podcast grow. And I still have this little dream of this baby podcast becoming something. And um, I think it goes hand in hand with my comedy career and just helps people get to know the girl behind the mic a little bit more, you know? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. I uh, will talk to you next time.